I'm Arya Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. This episode, we are talking LA Sparks with John W. Davis, the Windsider Sparks beat reporter. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. We are here with John W. Davis, Windsider Sparks beat reporter. It has been a season of highs and lows for the Sparks, and John has been there. So I'm really excited to hear his insight on this team. John, welcome to the show. Glad we could get you on and say hi to the folks. Hey, what's going on, everybody? John W. Davis here in Los Angeles. Great to be here with you, Arie. So, John, I I got to say, it's it, I mean, I said it a moment ago, it's been a highs and lows for the Sparks team. I mean, long win streaks, long losing streaks. Um, give me give me a brief. What's your thoughts about this team so far uh, early on in the season? Well, early on, if you're looking 14 games in the, into the season, you're talking about a team that's seven and seven. My impressions are, as I was telling you, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So I would kind of lean towards, if we're 500%, I would lean towards that being positive as opposed to a negative. So those are my early impressions on the team. Yeah, I hear that. Um, you know, I, I with the Sparks, I go back and forth so much, and, and we'll get into kind of where I'm torn because on the one hand, I'm like, you look at this roster and it's it looks like it's not a team roster. It looks like an all-star roster. And then on the other yeah. hand, you have to understand – you do have an influx of lots of new players, not just vets, but also lots of young players and a brand new coach in a league he has no experience in before. I mean, that's got to be somewhat of a handicap that we need to give this team, right? It is a handicap. I think the biggest handicap is actually having those five all-stars. So if you're talking about having Chelsea Gray, Elena Beard, who has not been starting, Cheneo Gumake, who has not been starting, Neka Agumake and Candace Parker, who's been in and out of the lineup, all five of those players, you think, oh, yeah, all five of those players are great. Just throw them on the court and everything should work. But it's not that simple because Candace Parker, as great of a positionless basketball player as she is, she's still used to being a little bit inside as opposed to being on the wing. So they tried. They said, okay, when she first came back, the first game, they said, oh, okay, we'll go with Candace, Neka and Shanae on the front line. It didn't work. Now, part of the reason why maybe it didn't work is because it was her first game back, but you could kind of see that that was a little uncomfortable for them. Maybe if it was just an up-and-down kind of rec league game, but in a formal WNBA basketball game, it was a little uncomfortable. But to be successful, I feel like eventually you're going to have to work that lineup back in. I call it the three sisters lineup because Candace says she's an honorary Agumake. You're going to have to work that lineup back in to be successful because I'm a person who likes advanced stats. I like analytics. And if you look at it, those are your three most efficient front court players. So at some point, you probably want to try to use all three of them together, maybe for short stretches, four or five minutes at a time. But those three players are going to be key front court players for them. That's kind of how I look at it. <laughs> 
Well, that's a really interesting point that you brought up there about maybe staggering them, or maybe that's only what you're going to see for a few minutes at a time. But I think that's really interesting because often, you know, people might look at this team and, or even at other teams and say, oh, you look at this, why aren't they playing all the time together? And we'll be getting to this later. We took some, we pulled some questions from fans. And one of them is, if you had to choose a starting lineup, what would it be? And I'm interested to hear kind of of your mindset on that. Because for me, I've always, and I, I apply this same logic to, to many teams across the league. I'd prefer to have a straight killer or a, like a, a generalized starter in the league coming off my bench. So for me to have any one of those players coming off the bench is a huge positive because I don't know a team in the league that has a bench that can keep up with any of those players. And obviously, you know, lineups are going to go up against different lineups and whatnot. But still, generally, when you the minutes that the starters are taking off for L.A. are generally going to see similar situations from the, the opposition that night. Here, let me give you my starting lineup A and then my starting lineup B. So my starting lineup A is actually the team that we saw have the recent three-game winning streak, essentially. Chelsea Gray, Raquana Williams, Neka Agumake, Candace Parker, and TRP. Now, the reason I like that lineup is because TRP has become a, a capable shooter and she has confidence to shoot now. I love Raquana Williams' game because she plays totally different than most guards in the WNBA. She has that kind of like that pull-up game where she can come down the court, just kind of stop on a dime, and pull up for a three. And if you can get two out of five of those to go in a game, you're shooting 40% from three, and that's just a different element they don't have. But let me give you my B lineup, and I feel like this could kind of be a secret weapon lineup. So I would go – Chelsea Gray at the point. I would again go with no. Okay. Chelsea Gray at the point. Elena Beard at the two. Candace Parker at the three. Neka Agumake at the four. And Maria Vadiva at the five. I really like, and I know we've only seen her play one game this season. She scored 24 points and she had five rebounds and three blocks and made a couple three pointers. But I really like the idea of Maria Vadiva inside because she's 6'4", as opposed to Neca at 6'2", but she still has the ability to shoot the three. So my idea is to always have a lineup, essentially, of four, if not five, capable three-point shooters at all times. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I mean, for me... It's it's less about having five capable shooters at all times. I, I think that's a, a key element to it. For me, I kind of view it as who's the front court and then, okay, we have to now put the pieces together for the back court. So for me, if you're planning on playing NECA, Shanae, and CP, then I think you got to go with Raquana and Chelsea because you need that shooting ability to stretch it. I, I am one of the biggest fans of Elena Beard. I think she is the greatest defender this league has ever seen. And I'm biting my tongue saying that maybe she shouldn't be a starter. But with that being said, I think you do have to just think about it. If you're going to be starting the two sisters, or even if you're going to be starting one of the sisters with Vidiva, and obviously Candace is still getting a start if she's healthy. Um, I think you really need to fill that backcourt with people who can shoot, shoot, shoot. And I go back and forth and, 
look, I, I don't think Derek Fisher is an easy job with this lineup because it's star power and then shooters, right? Right. Well, the reason I say pulling Raquana Williams back to the bench is because, one, she likes coming off the bench. She likes mm-hmm. being a six-woman. And then, again, her game is instant offense. And that's something that we see the bench lacking right now. So if the bench, the guard off the bench is Elena Beard, she can shoot, she can score, but is she willing to be that aggressive? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. They have to instill that aggressiveness in her and say, Elena, you're a killer. You can score on anybody in this league because you understand the defensive angles and plus – in your time, you were a great offensive scorer as well. You know, everybody, in, when she was at Duke and she played for the Mystics and things like that, she was a scorer, capable. And I don't think she's lost that ability. She's just become so comfortable being that defensive coordinator is what I call her, that that's secondary. But that has to become primary to her if she's going to be coming off the bench. I mean, you also have capable players like Sidney Weiss, Marina Mayberry, they, Mabry, they can shoot as well, but you're going to run out of minutes very soon if you're looking for them to come off the bench and shoot. Well, you're going to you're going to run out of minutes, and also I think that's kind of when I look at who their possible bench is. I completely agree. Raquan off the bench is just amazing. In an ideal world, you know, Mabry um, and, and Jones are all and and Weiss would all similarly be in that position. Obviously, their skill sets are very different, but all of those players have that scoring ability. But Raquana is the only one out of all those players that I feel can truly create her own shot at any given time. I mean, historically, she is one of the fastest scorers in the league. I mean, if you look at the minutes that she put down for her formerly league setting record of most points in a game, it's just mind blowing how fast she's able to score. So I'm definitely with you on that. It's 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 crazy. And yes. the other thing about it is, so if you don't want to start Beard because you don't feel like she has that offensive instinct anymore, then you can go with TRP because they have been training her to shoot when she's open. And it's not just three-pointers. I mean, she's shown a mid-range game. She's shown the ability to drive. So that's a capable two-guard who is going to bring a similar level of defense. Obviously, she's not the defender of Elena Beard, and I've talked to her about it, and she says – I've already learned so much just from being around her in practice. So she's developing still as a defender, but TRP can shoot. She just has to believe she can shoot. Because that's the thing. You have a league of 12 teams, 12 players, 144 players. All of these players are essentially, at worst, all-conference when they're in college. Honestly, most of them are all-Americans. You are constantly cutting all-Americans from your team to make a WNBA roster because you're also adding in international players. So all of these players have the ability to basically do everything needed on the court. It's just about believing you can do it and being put in the position to do what you can actually do. I love that. I freaking love that. That's some great insight right there. Um, and, and very true. I mean, you look at, at various different players. I think there was a time, I believe it was last year. Um, we were talking about, Uh, greatest defenders in this league. And I was reaching out to some coaches and I was reaching out to some people, you know, Hey, Lena Beard, back-to-back defense players of the, of the year. Um, I think it's, it's 
something that's underrated when it comes to her defense is she's not a big. And if you look historically, the people who win defensive year or defensive player of the year award in the W, a lot of them are bigs. You know, the Brittany Griners, the the Sylvia Fowles of the league. But for her to do this, she wasn't, you know, often I, I feel like those stats for the bigs are kind of skewed uh, or disproportionate just because you're in the paint. So you're getting, you know, a couple of those easy blocks, not that any block is easy, but you're getting a few, you know, like stat cushion stats, if you will, right, versus right. you're getting Peter, blocks. Yeah. You're getting like deals. you're getting rebounds. Yeah. And easy stuff too, because you just already are there. Beard was all over the court and was such a disruptive force defensively and still is. Honestly, I got pissed off. I saw some people on social media after her first game back, ripping her apart for not playing good defense and she needs to retire. I wanted to get, get off of social media and just slap him in the face because. Right. And, and then the next game she has six deals in like 14, 15 minutes. So whatever. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and also it, it's so much of it is, and I talked and I, I've talked about this on the pod. I've talked about it in art. I've talked about this a lot. Something that a post game in DC, I was talking to Brian Agler last year about what Elena Beard does. And he spoke at length with me about this. Again, don't want to compare Fisher and Agler or whatever. I'm not trying to get into that. What I am saying is Agler had a really cool explanation of Beard is a disruptor. She's more than just a defensive great. You can put her on a secondary or third option on the offense of the opponent. And what she does by shutting that person down or just disrupting that person's game, it disrupts the whole flow of the team. And she has that ability, and no other player in the league have I seen have that ability. Right. She's a natural mathematician. And when I say that, I'm talking about geometry. She understands the angles and the lanes better than any player in the league, honestly. So that's how she's able to pick up these steals. You watch and you say, oh, how'd you get six steals? Well, you know, she's playing the lanes, and but she also has the ability to enhance everyone else's defense, too because she really knows how to play individual defense and team defense at the same time. So that's what makes her great. So that's why you want her on the court. And that's why, honestly, I like her off the bench. So if I can revise, I would start TRP instead of her, because I like Beard's ability to change and reset the defense with some of the younger players who are not as experienced. Yeah, who are just not as experienced. Yeah, no. And and honestly, the educational part of that is huge for this team. I remember last year talking to Alexis Jones after a game um, and she had had some ups and downs. And I mean, Alexis Jones is an enigma because you have this player who, you know, links very openly drafted her because they thought she was so much better than the position she fell to in the draft board and just couldn't pass up on her. Um, she doesn't do much during the season, but come playoff time has just an explosion and helps that team win a championship. The next year, they hoped to try and grow her, but still the role wasn't really there. And every time I spoke to her last year, her focus was defense. She said, I know I can score, but my focus to be someone who can be in this league for a long period of time and be a great needs to be defense. And she's very hard on herself about her defense. So the ability for her to learn from Chelsea Gray is just going to skyrocket her skill set, in my opinion. I agree, and I believe that you mentioned her, and she's out right now with a right knee injury, but I believe that Derek Fisher wants to play her as the backup point guard because what they've been doing now is essentially Chelsea's been playing a lot of the game, and we're talking 40-minute games she's been playing. You know, let me see. 
She's been playing 30 minutes and sometimes 33. But when Chelsea Gray is not in, then we're talking about TRP at point or Sidney Weiss or Marina Mabry and things like that. So he wants Jones to get those eight to 10 minutes if he can get to that point because she's a capable three-point shooter. That's what I love about this team. Jones, 38%. Sidney Weiss, 42%. TRP, 43%. Candace Parker, 32%, but we know she can shoot a little better than that. Raquana, 38 Shanae is um, not really a shooter, but, I mean, even Shanae, she's made a couple. Delcy is capable. NECA clearly is capable with that five career-high three-point performance. I mean, Insane. talk about Insane. her. She has really changed her game, if we could highlight her for a second. Oh, yeah, and and honestly, that was the, our next topic that I wanted to touch on real briefly. Consistency has been something that has worried me a lot about the Sparks, and I know uh, what Derek Fisher has done, and honestly, I want to give the man credit because what he did early on in the season, I remember talking to people who were like, what the hell is he doing with these lineups? He was really testing <laughs> things out and getting a sense yeah. for what these players can do and what they can't do. Um, so I think it's it's hard to to put inconsistency on this team just because of Derek Fisher on purpose, um, you know, kind of throwing them to the fire and putting them in different situations and seeing how they respond. But there's been two things in my mind that have been a constant for this team, and that's the Agumake sisters have been playing lights out. Talk to me about NECA. Ever since, you know, we've had those reports of her, you know, being in that movie Space Jam 2 or whatever, and she had a load management game when she was out. I mean, NECA has been so focused this year. And from the beginning of the year, and you and I talked about this before I even came on with the site, and I said, you know, she can shoot. She just has to have the opportunity to shoot. So that was one of the first things I talked to her about in training camp. I said, oh, you know, talk to me about expanding your game. And, you know, she, in her kind of shy manner, kind of cool, reserved, laid back, yeah, I've been working on my game overseas, and I hope to show that. And I said, okay, we'll see. So first couple games, she's shooting about 50%. I talked to her about it again, and she's like, yeah, I've been working on my game. I hope to show that. So then when we have this game on Sunday, five three-pointers, four in the first quarter, you're like, there it is. And to me, I think she has extended her ability to be an elite player by at least two or three years because eventually a 6'2 post player is going to be phased out of the league. You have to be able to do something else. And she forget about well, it. wait a second. Forget about even phased out of the league. I mean, if you look at Megan uh, Gustafson, I mean, it's happening right now. Right. So and when I say phased yeah. out, when I say phased out, I mean Neck is a great player, one of the most efficient players in league history. I think she's fifth or sixth right now. Her and Candace Parker are basically tied, and I talked about that in an article. But when I say phased out, I mean her stats will just start coming down and down and down. But Oh, because that's adding, just the direction uh, the league's gone. Right. But adding a three-point shot, that's a new life for her. I mean, she could essentially, kind of like kind of like Kobe Bryant, where he had a, a career as number eight and a career as 24, if NECA changed her number, she could have two different numbers retired just by if she continues to hit these threes and stuff like that, there'll be a, a pre-three-point NECA and a post-three-point NECA. Two different players, but the same person. That's that's crazy. (laughs) 
I mean, it, that's it's, it's really it's really a sight to see a person who is a veteran in the league who doesn't need to change their game, but understands that they should to keep up and stay ahead of the times. That's essentially what I've seen her do. And honestly, her sister's working on the same thing. Maybe she's a year or two behind, but Shanae wants to be able to shoot threes as well. And eventually it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. They they definitely have the ability. And expanding their game is just going to make the team that much more dangerous. Um, I do really quickly. I know we're recording today. The, the Sparks just, just dropped a game to the Dallas Wings. There's a lot to go into that. Candace Parker um, tweaks an ankle. Um, it's played six minutes. Comparable, if you want, to Deladon you know, getting injured really early in their game and kind of how that snowballs into a loss. Fine. I'm, we're going to not get into the game today, um, but I do want, A, to give a shout-out to the Dallas Wings on that win because that was great on their part, from their perspective. But a big shout-out to Chelsea Gray for dropping a triple dub. I mean, only done, what, eight Two. times in the league? Yeah, eight times in regular season history and. Three of those, or two before her, were former Sparks, Candace Parker and Lisa Leslie. So you got three of the eight from the Sparks organization. So that's crazy in itself. But, I mean, it just reminds me of, you know, that Ice Cube song, Today Was a Good Day. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Get me on the court and I'm trouble. Last week, messed around and got a triple-double. It's just like, right, you're just watching her and you're just like, okay, oh, I I see these assists because Neca's threes are going down. Oh, I've seen a couple drives for the points, but it was the rebounds that was subtle. And she had about seven at halftime, and they were subtle rebounds. And that's kind of how her game is, is she picks and chooses. And I've talked to her about that at length, about how do you pick and choose. And she says, you know, I just kind of go with the flow, and I see, you know, her first idea is to always distribute. So as great as she is as a scorer, she is still a pass-first point guard. Okay, so that has to be said. But she picks and chooses, and she just decides, okay, well, you know, I've done this for a little bit. Here's the score. We haven't had a basket lately. Okay, let me try to get one. The other thing about it is I call her ISO Gray at the end of the quarters. Pretty much every time they call her number. And, and no say, one can go. stop her. And no one can stop her. And they say, go get us a bucket point guard. And most of the time – probably half the time she goes and gets him a bucket. So to shoot essentially 50-50 on clutch shots is amazing when you normally shoot about 40-ish percent from the field. So she has the ability to step up her game and focus. And she has a subtle size to her game. Being about 5'11", she's a little bigger than a lot of the point guards, a lot stronger. So she can take you inside and take the contact and and do what she needs to do and kind of make those off-balance shots. So, I mean, she is essentially the engine on the team. We can debate who is the best player, whether it's Candice or NECA or Chelsea Gray, but without Chelsea Gray, this team goes nowhere. Oh, I, I very much so agree with you on that because I think it's just, you know, uh, I mean, this team is – and, again – I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. I've spoke about this before. This team, even the players know this. If they want to get to the next level to to get back to where they were two, three years ago, championship aspirations, you know, being in the finals year in and year out, that's going to rely on the growth of Chelsea Gray and consistency from her. I mean, a question, I'm just going to leave this up to you with a yes or no answer for, uh, uh, from your perspective. 
Um, keeping in mind the the few sputters that Chelsea Gray has had. And when I say that, I mean she had two games where she had double the amount of turnovers to the points she scored that game. So keeping that mm-hmm. in mind, and I, again, 14 games, that's two of 14 games. So 12 games, she's having great games. Do you think she can be an MVP in this league this season, keeping in mind, if you want to call it, some of this inconsistency? No. Would you like I, to know why? Yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> it's just because the Sparks have so many other players to incorporate. So for Chelsea Gray to be an MVP level, a lot of players have to almost take more than one step back. See, that's the thing. For the longest time, Candace Parker was essentially the initiator of the offense. But now you have Chelsea Gray at this level where she, you know, she's overseas killing, dropping 41 and whatever she had in the finals. And she comes over here and she messes around and gets triple doubles now. So you have to have Candace Parker step back for Chelsea Gray to step forward. Yeah, that's that's the dilemma right now in my mind is how much does Candace Parker step back and just fit in as opposed to always being the standout. And I've talked to Shanae about that and kind of the way they think about it is it can be anyone's night anytime. But still, if you're talking about Chelsea Gray being MVP level, a lot of players are going to have to step back and just allow her to essentially be the engine. Well, it's it's really so, interesting. So I don't know. Hearing you say that, hearing you say that makes me think about like this team in some ways is so similar to the Connecticut Sun, but yet so different. The Connecticut Sun have this roster just packed with talent, but don't have that one star late games, put the ball in their hands. They're taking the shot. The L.A. and, and, And that's definitely been an issue for Connecticut. The L.A. Sparks, on the other hand, are a team that is chock full of talent and stars and yes, you know Chelsea Gray is taking that last second shot because we just exactly. talked about that. Why? But exactly. in the same regard, can you really win by committee? Or is there going to be a point where the other players need to say, you know what? We've been doing this by committee thing. It's better for the team if we take two steps back and turn this in to the Chelsea Gray show. But I mean, look, that that's up for debate and we can do a whole episode on that. I do really quickly, we're running out of time. I want to talk about a question that you and I both saw and immediately jumped on. And and when, when we reached out to fans to to send us their questions, I believe the exact question was, does the talent level on this squad mean anything less than a championship within the next two seasons means failure. Um, You're the one who's been with the team a lot more. So I'm going to let you go second because I'm going to be pretty brief about this and just say (laughs) yes, in my, in my opinion. And, I I understand the caveats of it. I understand you're a glass half full type person. For me, the reason I say that, and it kind of ties into a lot of, if you want to say criticism of Derek Fisher, I I, like whether it's connected or not to me, it's, it's point blank, simple. You have such an amazingly talented roster. You have the issues of female athletes, specifically in the WNBA playing year round and their shelf life, their career lifespan, whatever you want to call it, is much shorter. Now, to me, what that says is you have this all-star roster lineup, and I don't think either of the, the Agumake sisters are going to be split up, 
by before their seasons, their careers are over in the W. But I do think, you know, the window is going to be smaller than we all anticipate. And if you can't win a championship in the next two to three years, I mean, I'll give them a pass for this year, you know, new coach, new roster, whatever. But next year, this team better be. Otherwise, I'd say that's a failure and you need and you got to make some big moves. What's your thoughts? I would say I want to say yes, but I'll say no, because this is a 12 team. And in the next year or two, it could be a 13 or more team league. That's so a really good point, you, sir. You still have to be the best of the best to win. If you just want to talk about percentages, one out of 12, one out of 18, you still only have an 8% chance of winning. Now, granted, there are some teams, like for this year, the dream, who unless something miraculously happens with Angel and everything like that, they're probably not going to be a contender. Okay, You have a team like the Wings who are so young where they're still kind of inconsistent and they're dealing with injuries, so maybe they're not going to be a contender. But legitimately, half the league can win the championship this year. Get on a run, playoffs, half the team can win. So it's just too hard to say just because they have all of these all-stars that they should win. Because, yes, they have five all-stars, but it's not an all-star starting lineup. So some of them have to step back. They can't all play to a traditional all-star level. Yes, once an all-star, you're always an all-star. You always have that pedigree. But there's been games that Shanae plays 12 minutes. Okay? She's used to being out there for 28, 30 minutes getting that production in. So how can you say, well, they have five all-stars? Well, if she's only playing 12 minutes, you don't make an all-star team unless off your name playing 12 minutes. Oh, and Elena Beard, Beard, the same thing. You don't you don't make an all star team being out half the season and then coming off the bench playing ten, fifteen minutes. So yes, they have this stacked roster, but it's an imperfect roster. And so what they're trying to do now is figure out how to make it work for what they're trying to do and then bring in X factors like Maria the Diva. Okay? Work in X factors like T R P who's shooting more than 40% from three this year. You know, players like that who you look at, I mean, traditionally she shoots like 20% from three. You look at a player like that, so those are the type of players that have to raise their level of play for this team to be a championship team. No, I I hear you on that, and I I definitely agree. I think one of the more important aspects, and and maybe it hasn't been talked about enough, I know I definitely talk about all the time, is – understanding and kind of putting your ego to the side. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, we're talking about play 144 players or whatnot. We're talking about players who are all American, who have been all stars, who have done it and who have been for lack of a better term, the shit wherever they go. And <laughs> for these players to now stand there and go for the better of my team, And so that I can win championships and create, if you want to say it, a better legacy, whatever it is, I need Mm -hmm. to step back. And we've seen that in the Sparks before. Like they have done that before with vets. We saw that in Minnesota for, 
to put it blankly, like Minnesota was able to have that dynasty because they were able to pick out veterans and say, this is what we're doing. Do you want to win another ring before your career is done? And if you do, then you're going to do it our way. And they were able to convince people into that process. The LA Sparks need to be able to do that also if they want to win championships with this team. The way I sum it up is those all-stars have to fit in instead of standing out. Ooh, I like that a lot. Have you uh, copyrighted that yet? Because you should. I'm about to do that right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, look, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a chance to say one last thing about the L.A. Sparks before we sign off, because I think we've kind of hit it all over. Is there any last point that we didn't touch on that you wanted to speak to? My last point is expect to see this rotation tighten up sooner than later. And when I say tighten up, some games where you barely have eight players playing significant minutes, max 10, it's a 40-minute game, you have to do that. and I really think that, and I think he did this on purpose. When you start Maria Vadiva the first game of the season, yes, Candace Parker's out, but when you start her the first game of the season, that's letting her know that she's a valuable piece of this team. And when she comes back, I want to see how they work her back in because I feel like she has such a versatile game that it will essentially allow them to have that front court basically be 6'2", 6'4", 6'4". Everybody switch, everybody move, and you don't have to depend on one person to do one thing. So I'm really looking forward it's gonna to seeing her back. Yeah. Do, yeah real she, quick, has there been, has there been a, a comment on when she's coming back? She is supposed to be coming back very soon. I believe Eurobasket was over. I would expect them to give her a little bit of time to work her way back in, but, I mean, she's – She's got to be back in the lineup before All-Star. And I know that seems like it's far away, but it's not. So it's like two she's got to be back in by then. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah. Got to be back yeah. in by then. That sounds great. Hey, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. Please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do. Thank you.